0: Mighty God, yes, you are a mighty God. Mighty God, we welcome you. Continue to minister to us. Draw us deeper, Lord, in your presence. For there's no one greater. There's no one like you. Your name's above all names. You are high and exalted. We worship you. Speak, Lord. Your creation, your servants are listening. Guide us into your presence, Lord. We pray. Amen. Amen. It is a good exercise to wake up and spend quality time with God. It is healthy for your mind, body, and soul to spend some quality time with God. You hear many tell you how an apple a day will keep the doctor away, and all other kind of things to say to keep yourself healthy. But I will encourage you today to remind you, to encourage you again, that you might be reminded when you leave this place, and next time you wake up in the morning, you'll be reminded that it would be good to start your day off with the Lord. The Jesus prayer, uh, some have come to know, and it goes like this, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This prayer can be chased back, all the way back to one of the early church fathers, John Chrysostom, who passed away back in 407 A.D. This prayer has been used in monasteries and a daily prayer practice that they would do in the morning, some 15 to 30 minutes, repeating this prayer. And then this prayer will be echoed throughout the day. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Have mercy on me, a sinner. Some suggest that a sinner was added on sometime later at the end, but what was repeated was, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy. This can be quoted because they see it in the Bible. Son of David, have mercy on me, said the blind man on the side of the road. And so to imagine how. You wake up in the morning, the first thing you say is, Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. How that will put you in a position of humility, a position of surrender, and a position of adoration, realizing that he is Lord. That he is Christ. He is the Son of God. And you are in need of mercy. Because we are sinners saved by grace. This prayer will increase your health. A healthy prayer life helps one's health. There's a study done. It says that scientific research into the effects of contemplative repetitive prayer techniques at Harvard Medical School and the Mind and Body Medical Institute at Deaconess Hospital showed that repetitive prayer observably switches off the fight-and-flight response associated with sympathetic nervous systems and switches on the relaxation response associated with the parasympathetic nervous system. See, scientific research, I can't give you those words on my own. It is predicted that when you say that Jesus' prayer or any other type of repetitive or contemplative prayer that the following changes will occur within your body immediately. Metabolic rate decreases. Blood pressure lowers. Heart rate lowers. Oxygen consumption declines. Muscles relax. Brain waves configure into a serene alpha state. If you persist in saying the prayer, make it a habit, it's predicted that you will tolerate stress better, experience less dysphoria, increase longevity, bolster immunity, experience more pleasure in living, mitigate or reverse brain deterioration, and last but not least, feel closer to God. Notice it says here in this, te- this this study, best practice. Prescribing the Jesus prayer is a best practice when the clinician has ass- assessed that the patient is a practicing Christian whose Christian theology and subcultures support repetitive prayer techniques. Since treatment follows diagnosis, the patient should also experience some religious or religious, or spiritual problem co with their mood, anxiety, or behavioral health diagnosis. An evidence-based spiritual prescription for Christian patients carrying stress-related mental health diagnosis, the Jesus Prayer delivers a handsome health return on the behavioral investment. We do not pray that Jesus Prayer, however, only to enjoy these health benefits. For the Christian clinician patient, it is strictly good to spend time with the second person of the Holy Trinity. Good holistic health simply emerges as a secondary benefit of resting with Jesus in prayer. A medical study is telling us it's good for your health to pray. I oh, only God a few amens. And Jesus already told you that you shall pray and not faint. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Paul encourages us to always pray. And so imagine waking up in the morning, you just start saying that prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Imagine saying that throughout the day to help remind you that you can lower your blood pressure. Some of y'all got some high blood pressure. And some of y'all work in some high-blessed situations, high-blood-pressure situations. Well, when you feel your heart starting to rise, you could just simply say, Lord, Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. And keep on saying and you might notice how your blood might start slowing down. Your breathing starts to slow down. You feel some peace. You feel some sense. You sense some calm. Why is that? Because you start realizing that there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus' name is a name above all other names. And we look into this text, we're going to find out even more power and authority in the name of Jesus. You should daily call on the name of Jesus in adoration, in humility, and in repentance. You ought to make time in your life to pray. Notice chapter 3, verse 1, and notice that there was a time for prayer. It was noon, the 9 o'clock hour. It says, Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take a part in 3 o'clock prayer service. New Living Translation helps us out that don't know Jewish time, but the ninth hour is three o'clock. So at the ninth hour, they're going to pray. Notice where they're going to pray. They're going into the temple. Notice that I want to highlight this. Remember, as we closed out chapter two, what did they say they saw? They said they continually to meet at each other's families' homes and in the temple in prayer and worship. And they said they saw miraculous wonders and signs happening in the movement in the kingdom of God. And so Acts is set us up to let us know that you should be expecting great things. So now chapter 3 starts showing you some great things. Here's the great thing that's happening that on their way <coughs> to the temple, you notice there, who's it? Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon. But verse 2 says, as they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg from the people going into the temple. And so here it is that they have made time for prayer. They are on their way to the temple to pray, to spend some time with the saints and with God. But notice as one group is going to worship God, another group is going to say, how could a man make it just today? I want you to catch the difference here. One are not concerned about just today. They know that eternity is on the way. They Jesus told I'm coming back. So they're not just concerned about that, but this man is concerned. How can I make it today? Let me take me to the temple so I can give me a handout. So I might be able to give me a, a crumb, a corner, a, a the living or a crust of bread, something to help me su- supply my need. But notice that he's being carried. Notice that he was born lame. Notice this condition has been a part of him all of his life. And he has been dependent on other people to give him what he needs. But the other group is going to God to worship him, to bless him, to serve him. And so notice that, well, the good people, uh, they're going to church. They should be caring. So uh, we might as well take him there, right? Because that's when the people will give because they're going with a heart of worship and philanthropy and giving, then they should be generous and giving to this lame man. But yet, before I talk about this lame man and the other group here, let's talk about the first group here, that they have made their mind up that this is the time for prayer. But this is not the only time for prayer. Psalm 55, 17 says, evening and morning and at noon, I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. Daniel, the sixth chapter, verse 10, lets us know about Daniel, how he prayed how many times a day? Three times a day, morning, noon and evening. What you saying, Reverend? I'm glad you're asking some questions. I'm glad somebody's paying attention that you need to have a set time. You should be praying to God, and you should know that time, and other people should know that time. I wish I had a witness, one more witness in here. To know that that's the time they're going to spend quality time with God. You let everybody else know the other time, don't call me, I got an appointment. Don't call me, I'm busy. You change your status on Facebook, I'm working now. Don't interrupt me. You you do all kinds of things to let people know. Here it is that we need to say, God, this is your time. Rather be the morning, rather be the afternoon, rather be evening. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. So the time is 3 PM. And and notice that this 3 PM again. Notice it's the ninth hour again. Do you notice that some fifty days ago something special happened at the ninth hour? Matthew twenty seven, forty five to forty six says, Now from the sixth hour darkness fell upon all the land until the ninth hour. About the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli Eli lama sabachthani. that is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? <clears throat> During that ninth hour, the time the preparation of the Passover Lamb is the time that he gave up his life for us. It's a time that it said the sun refused to shine from that sixth hour to that ninth hour. And so notice that they're still realizing that even on this ninth hour, we will go to worship our God. And and this is some 50 days later that they went through some hardships in this time, but notice that. God has specific time. He set them for the time of worship them in the temple. And so here it is at the same hour. The sacrifices should be done the same hour. God calls them to worship them. They're still being obedient, trusting in God. Prayer with the saints is a time well spent. Prayer with God is also time well spent. Prayer is good communication. As you know, In our life, good things come from good communication. The more we communicate, the better we understand. And so we got to make a point in our life to communicate better with God. (laughs) And so I want to give you some acts to act upon. A-C-T-S. A prayer way you can come in. Basically, as we're in our Bible book, Acts, I hope you can remember Acts, this acrostic, that A begins with Adoration. Spend some time adoring God, blessing him, worshiping him, acknowledging him. How do you do that? You ask him some good questions. You basically describe who he is. You are a mighty God. You are an awesome God. You are a great God. You are a loving God. You are a worthy God. You are a merciful God. You are my God. You are the great I am. You are my shepherd. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are the great I am, my creator. You are my refuge. You are my rock. You are my redeemer. You are my light. You are my life. You are the living bread. I could go on. Spend some time adoring you. Acts, then confess, confess. Be in his presence and realize that you are a sinner, and you need to acknowledge your sins. I, I want to encourage you that don't get caught up acting as if you have not done something wrong. If you don't, if you can't remember, ask God to show you. He'll show you. Your heart is wicked and deceitful amongst. The Lord searches our hearts. And he can show us and he can reveal us our hidden faults, our secret faults. <coughs> There's people out there you have heard that you don't know you've heard. But God can reveal to you, you need to go and apologize. But now will you be obedient of the spirit and go say to that person, I'm sorry. Adoration, confession, T, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is to thank you for what he has done. So now here comes the time you can thank him for what he's done for you. It might be your family. It might be your job. It might be your house. It might be your health. It might be another situation that worked out in your life. Yeah, I, know, I, I know in the aspect, many of us can thank God that our families were safe. Those were caught up in those storms that happened. Thanksgiving. And then it comes to supplication. Now it becomes that now you present your request to God. And, and notice that that's last. Sometimes we get caught up. We want to tell God what we want. Before we want to bless him. Before we want to honor him. So take some time to adore him. Humble yourself. Confess. Thank him for who he is. Then let him know your request. A-C-T-S. So spend some time with God. Set some time for God. God knows what you truly need when you come his presence. So let's talk about the second group. The second group brought a lame man who was in need to live. In order for him to live, he's dependent on what people give him. He's dependent on what people give him. And so he's begging in order for them to give. Notice that Peter and John are on their way to prayer. And this man sees them and says, I got some good company right here. These two couples right here. I think I can get them to give me something to help me out. And so notice what happens here. There's a shift here. Verse three, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Uh, Peter and John looked at him intently and look what Peter said. Peter says, look at us. I like verse 5. The writer does a good job setting up. The lame man looked at them eagerly expecting some money said, I got them. I got their attention. They said, look at us. he asked who I was talking to. I was talking to them. They got it. All right. Something good is about to happen. But look at verse 6. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. God knows what you truly need when you come in his presence. Seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Notice that the man wanted silver and gold. He wanted some money. He wanted a sandwich. He wanted something just to make it through the day. But it says, I can give you a better life. Do you understand that God can give us a better life? The world can give you something for today, but God can give you something for eternity. Notice how Peter and John tell the man to look at us and and pay attention to us because we're about to change your life. We can't give you what you asked. Notice the man did not ask to walk. Y- 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 look closely. He did not ask to walk. He was, he, because he can't walk, he is depending on people to carry him here, carry him there. He was dependent on whatever people might give them so that they could give him something so that he can get something. But he was totally dependent on other people. But notice how Peter looked and realized that I see your problem. Your problem is bigger than can I get some money. Your problem is that you are unable to walk. But yet Peter realized that I can't make you walk, but I know who can. I want to encourage you. You might meet people. You might realize that they got a problem that's bigger than the problem they're addressing. And you can let them know, I I see you got a problem, but that's not the problem. The problem is bigger than that, and I, I can't solve your problem, but I can point you to someone who can solve the problem and his name is jesus have you tried him have you called on his name do you know who i'm talking about because in the name of jesus the nazareth i tell you get up and walk now now notice how peter told this to the man but yet the man may not believe like peter believes and so Peter says, let me help you out, that he extended his right hand. Y'all see that in the text? And as he extended his right hand, the man gave out his right hand and said, maybe he got something in his hands. Yes, he got something in his hand. He's got a, I got Jesus in my hand. And, and he, when he grabbed him in the hand, it says that he lifted him up. And, and it said that the man's strength was right in his leg, that he was able to walk. I, I would encourage you to understand that if you've seen babies, they don't walk right away. You've seen people that sit in the hospital that know how to walk, walk in, walk, and got to learn how to walk to get out. Yet this man, in the name of Jesus, because there's power in the name of Jesus, was able to get up and walk. But he couldn't just not walk. It says he could leap. He could jump. He could tell of the goodness of what God has done in his life. Look what had happened here. It's, it's telling us how he could leap upright and began to walk and he entered the temple with them. Notice he was outside the temple. He couldn't get in the temple, but now he's been made whole. He can walk in the temple. And let me help somebody that doesn't understand what's happening. Uh, the, the t- there's rules for the temple. Uh, the lame, the leper, the blind, they can't come in. Those who are unhole can't come in. But once you have been made whole, you go present yourself. I, 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 want, I want y'all to, to get a glimpse of where I'm going to. I'm not there yet, but I'm about to get there. But look what's happening here. The power of Jesus changed. He was looking for silver and gold. They did not have that. But they had the power of the name of Jesus. Do you understand that when John was in jail, he asked, Is this the one, or shall I look for another? And do you know what Jesus told them? He told them, tell them that the blind have received sight. The lame are able to walk. Notice that thou signs of the kingdom, signs of Christ, here are still signs of the kingdom, signs of Christ, by Peter say, in the name of Jesus. They were able to leap up and walk. This is another prophetic of, of Christ showing that his presence is moving. Remember, it says miraculous signs and wonder happen. God adding on to the church daily such as should be safe. These are part of those miraculous, wonderful signs that's happening in the church. Tell your name of this power in the name of Jesus. You can have that same power in your life. God uses Peter and John to show the power and the authority of Jesus. Notice that Peter and and John says it's not my authority. It's not by my power. It's not by my might. But in the name of Jesus. What I encourage you to look closely to see here is that be careful of those who say that they can heal you. Peter and John did not say, we can heal you. They said, in the name. Be careful of those who lie to you by letting you think that they can do something. They can't do anything. But we can be conduits used by God to be a blessing somebody. And we can call on the name of Jesus and say, in the name of Jesus. So here's what they did. Faith in Jesus gives us access to the power of Jesus. Jesus shows us the glory of God. And so here it is. I alluded to it. Y'all weren't ready yet. I think y'all might be ready now. The man was born lame, couldn't get in, was carried to and fro, dependent day to day on what anybody would give him. Had no direction, had no purpose, was lost. Do you understand how that looks like us? When we don't know Jesus. We are carried to and fro, carried by all kind of demands and directions, just happy to make it through one day, not knowing what tomorrow may hold, wondering if we're going to make it today because we're depending on what somebody else might give us, and knowing that if they don't give it to us, we won't make it. But yet, if you do know the power of Jesus, all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you understand that though you might have been born in sin, though you may have been lost, and you feel like you can't make it, but if you call on the name of Jesus, you can feel some strength coming through your body. Notice how the man once was lame standing at the side outside the temple, but when they heard the name of Jesus and a hand was lifted he he had a hand out but he got a hand up he got lifted up anybody here glad that jesus lifted me when nothing else could help jesus lifted me I'm so glad Jesus lifted me. When you understand, I can call on the name of Jesus. Do you know who who put his hand out? It was Peter. I I, I don't know this for a fact, but in my imagination, and my own recollection, I can recall Peter walking on water. He saw the wind blowing. He started sinking out. He called on the name of Jesus. Instead, he got lifted up. I was back on the boat. I, I think Peter might have been thinking about how when I was seeking and I needed some power, I needed some authority to help me to get out the mess that I'm in. And I called on the name of Jesus, good God of Zion, and He lifted me and brought me into The man was born lame. He didn't know how he could make it from day to day. But he heard about the name of Jesus. And he was lifted up. And when he got lifted up, he started jumping up. He says, I ought to magnify him. I ought to worship him. Let me tell you what he's done for me. He has changed me from the inside out. Look, I used not to be able to walk. But I can walk now. I can run. Run now. I can jump now. Has God changed you? Can you testify how he's changed your life? I used to walk one way, but now you can walk another way. You used to talk one way, but now you know how to lift your name up and says, Lord, I give you the glory. I give you the praise. The day you heard the power of Jesus. The day you found out that he can break every chain, the day you found he can remove your shame, the day you found he defeated death, the day you found you no longer have to walk in guilt It's the day you realize that he's worthy to be praised. Acts 3, 9 and 10 says all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God when they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate they were absolutely astounded do you understand that there's people that are looking at your life and you should let them know that it was god who's changed me don't 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 allow them to stop you from worshiping him but you ought to worship him and bless him anyhow Some people don't want to worship God. They don't want to lift up their hands. They want to talk about God. They want to pray about God in public because they don't want people to looking at them. Uh, I'm sorry, but you need to get rid of that because you ought to worship him right where you are because he is worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down of the sun. I'm going to encourage and let you know that when he shows up again, you can't hide. So if you can't worship him now, it's too late. Because when he shows up, it's going to be time that every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. He is God all by himself. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to say there's power in the name of Jesus. I can call on the name of Jesus. There's healing. In the name of Jesus, there's peace in the name of Jesus. There's redemption in the name of, there's revival in the name of Jesus. Oh, glory be to God. There's power. So I'm done now. So this, this is for the worshipers. This is for the worshipers. How, how great is our God? This is for the worshipers. So you know this power in the name of Jesus. Just just go ahead and just worship and saying how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great. Notice all will see means cause you're gonna worship him. You don't care who else is look, You're gonna worship him to see how great is our God. So this is for the worshippers. So if you don't want to worship, that's on you. But those who will, willing go ahead and stand and worship him to say how great, how great.